Hi, Emerald listeners. Welcome back to How It's Reported. I'm Jamie Deep, and we've got a special episode here for you today. For the past couple of years, every time we've gotten a new editor-in-chief, we've tried to interview them here on the show. So with me today is the 2023-2024 to Daily Emerald Editor-in-Chief, Evan Reynolds. Evan, how's it going? It's going good. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Um, just for everybody to know who you are, you've been on the show before, but it's been a hot minute. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Evan Reynolds. I am a third-year poli-sci major at U of O, uh, but I am a media studies minor, and I've been super involved in journalism uh, kind of throughout my uh, educational career, student media specifically. Uh, I've been on the Emerald since last year. I started as an arts and culture reporter covering the mental health beat. From there, I've kind of hopped around to a bunch of different positions. I was the news editor briefly over the summer and kind of an interim role. And then since September of this year, I've been the uh, arts and culture associate editor on that desk and the coordinator of community engagement at the Emerald, which is kind of a nebulous position, but essentially involves um, collecting data on internal uh, diversity and equity initiatives, uh, engaging in uh, community outreach initiatives, and uh, serving as kind of a counsel to the EIC when it comes to matters of uh, ways to build out our staff, ways to make sure we're engaging with all corners of our community. Uh, etc. So uh, yeah, I, I, I've <laughs> had kind of a broad reach at the at the Emerald in terms of different desks I've been on. I've just sort of a little leapfrog I hop around, you know. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and yeah, when did you join the Emerald? I joined it. Yeah, so I applied. Uh, my first year at U of O was online. But when I came to campus my second year, I was really interested in getting involved. And I thought, oh, the best way to do that is to, you know, get back into student journalism, which I've been active in in high school. I thought, oh, you know, I can get steeped into the community by learning about the community and reporting on it. So I applied at the end of fall term 2021. I was hired that December and then started January 2022. So like 15 months, 16 months. Um yeah, and and since then I've I've really enjoyed it. Nice, good to hear that um, you've had such an illustrious career at the Emerald <laughs> so far. Uh, I want to take a bit of a step back in time. You you touched on it very briefly, but how did you get into journalism? Yeah, well, I it actually happened very much coincidentally at first. I was a sophomore in high school looking to take an extra elective. I picked uh, intro to mass communications. And from there, I had a really great uh, teacher who later uh, asked me if I would consider joining the student newspaper. I really enjoyed that. And then at the end of my junior year of high school, uh, where basically all of the staff, except for a handful of people, were seniors who were graduating, I was asked to be uh, editor-in-chief of that newspaper. Shout out Cardinal Times, uh, Lincoln High School, go Cards, haha, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, I really had never envisioned myself in that kind of role. And I think repeatedly, I have never seen journalism as my first choice for a career up until fairly recently, but I've always missed it more than anything else I've done. Like for a while, I wanted to be um, a political, working on political campaigns. I wanted to be 
uh, involved in policy and stuff like that. Um, but again, repeatedly, I just found myself missing it and really coming back to it. And I think that's what got me on the Emerald and kind of led me here. So it kind of by happenstance, but um, over the years, I've just gotten into the habit of doing it and enjoying it and engaging with it. And I'm excited to keep doing it for many more. Nice. That's really good to hear. So you went to Lincoln, huh? Up in uh-huh. Portland. Oof. Yeah. We're not rivals, but <laughs> adjacent to each other. I was a. Where'd you go? I went to Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. We're not not Grant level rivals, like in terms of the beef, but yeah, definitely some. It was an interesting four years, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're a poli sci major, mm-hmm. um, and then also a media studies minor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does that tie into your approach to doing to doing journalism in any way? Or? Somewhat, yeah. So I have a passion for political journalism specifically. It's what I want to do, and more specifically, uh, data-driven political journalism. Like uh, 538, I think, was what got me into kind of journalism as a potential career. And I think I would want to – I always say if there's one – dream job I would want. It's, you know, Steve Kornacki on MSNBC, the guy with the 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 bow tie who points out election maps um, and says, oh, this is what that means, this is what that means. Um, that's the dream job, you know, but that's just me being a nerd. More broadly, I think that being a poli-sci major and being steeped in that, you learn about a lot of specific ethical issues that journalists have to face in regards to reporting on uh, politics. And I think that the ways in which we engage with politics today are very similar to and related to the critiques a lot of people have with journalism today. Um, Politics is slowly leaching its way into everything. And I think that those divides are a big reason why there is much less mainstream trust in journalistic organizations Um, And I think that even extends to, you know, student media like the Emerald where, you know, the main reason people read us might not necessarily be our news output, but it still factors in when people are looking at that. So um, I would say both for my eventual career and for the the specific things about journalism I'm interested in addressing, uh, it's been it's been a very instructive major. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. As a fellow non-journalism major doing the whole student media thing, I, I feel that um, a lot of what I've learned outside of journalism really does inform like the approach and, and, and my philosophy around it as well. Um, yeah, and I guess diving into that, like broadly speaking, what is your, your philosophy around journalism and specifically around college media? Mm. Journalism is first and foremost governed by its audience, and I think journalism in its most ideal form is a public service uh, in the sense that if you are a journalistic organization, your number one goal should be to provide the essential service of information to your readers and to your audience. Um, That comes before any other uh, sort of extracurricular duties, if you will. Uh, that you might have as a journalist. And when thinking about that in the context of college media, one thing I want to do as EIC is to really hone in on 
what kind of coverage can we offer our audience that is specific to our appeal as a college newspaper? Uh, I think we have a unique opportunity to serve the U of O community as the primary student-led independent publication about U of O um, because people are not necessarily going to read the Emerald for its commentary on you know national political events as one example, unless we put that in the context of how it directly affects UO students and UO and the UO campus more broadly. Um, so point being, I think that responsibility is shared among all journalistic organizations and specifically for college media organizations. What can you do to appeal to your readership who's overwhelmingly, you know, fairly young? What can you do to appeal to, uh, portions of your readership that maybe are not being reached out to enough by both the university and by university-affiliated uh, groups, publications, etc. Um, yeah, so I, I think there's a lot in there. Yeah, as we head into the next year and as you take over the EIC role, you touched on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, how how are you going to apply this philosophy to the newsroom moving forward? And like, what are some other plans that you have for the newsroom for the next year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, a big question. I might, I may take a little longer to, to answer this one. Um, yeah, anecdotally, and this is, I can't back this up with any firm proof or whatever, but I think there is a sense among the general UFO population where they don't fully know what the Emerald's mission is. In my mind, it's, it's, it's very clear, right? Because I've been on, and for, for people who work on the Emerald, I think it's very clear, right? We're an independent publication. So that means we're, you know, we're not financed by UFO at all. We don't have to um, be overly cautious or timid in how we discuss uh, campus policies, administrative policies, things of that nature. But I do think there is a general sense that we are part of the UO um, establishment, as it were. And when I say that, I mean that when I tell my friends, oh, I work at the Emerald, they go, oh, have you signed your union card yet? You know, because they think that I work for UO, right? And I think a huge part of what I want to do as EIC is to really uh, – push that independent journalism angle where we are uh, being more proactive in looking at uh, U of O policies uh, in a more objective way, uh, asking ourselves for each story that we put out, what is the purpose of us writing this? Uh, how does it, what service are we bringing to our readership by providing this? Let me rephrase. I think, you know, UVO has a lot of its own media that, that, that it is able to write and push out events about. They have, you know, newsletters for different departments. Um, they have, you know, around the O is what they use to talk about, to publicize certain events and things like that. We need to distinguish ourselves from those a little bit more than we do right now. So I think part of that is... Um, engaging with dialogue with the university a little bit more. 
Um, I think another thing more broadly that has suffered from the Emerald, and this is largely a result of the pandemic, I think, engagement with the paper is lower than it has been in years previous, uh, both internally and externally, right? Um, I think people who joined the Emerald for the past few years, up until this year, have largely been operating virtually. So uh, not that many people know that they can access our office as a resource. Not that many people, uh, not as many people pick up our date, our weekly print issues, you know? And I think doing my part to bolster engagement uh, for our readership virtually, uh, digitally, and in print, as well as bolstering internal engagement by making the Emerald, you know, a really solid place to work, uh, fostering alumni connections and SRJC connections, uh, putting on uh, events, uh, not just social events, but also career building events like uh, this citizen journalism workshop series I've been uh, working on for this spring term. Um, so, and then I think, yeah, so comprehensively, I want to make the Emerald's content output a bit stronger and a bit more independent than it has been. Uh, and I want to boost engagement with it. I think both are a product of the pandemic years. And I think as we start to come out of that, at least in the sense of, of uh, how we behave to each other, uh, I'm hoping we can reach that place again. So. Yeah. Um, do you have any idea, not to not to put you on the, the no, hot seat or anything, but like, do you have any idea of concretely of how to, you're going to achieve that right now? Yeah, for sure. So one thing that I suggest, a few things that I've been suggesting as part of <laughs> my overall EIC pitch, right? Um, redefining our virtual content right now, I think our website largely exists as the stuff we have in our print issues, but more. Uh, and I think I would work on ways to differentiate both our print and digital mediums from each other to ensure that people are coming to both for different reasons. So that looks like um, bolstering interactivity on our website, you know, interactive graphics, things like that, um, changing up the algorithm and finding new ways to make it more visually engaging. Um, in terms of multimedia projects, I think more recurring segments, like I love how it's reported. I love a lot of other stuff that the podcast has been putting out. Like, that's what she said. Um, and I think there's plenty of room on podcast, on video, on photo to do more of those uh, recurring segments. Um, I think that we need to focus more when it comes to our news coverage on shorter breaking news stories that are routinely updated with new information. I think that's something that, again, has suffered both from COVID and from um, kind of a lessening, we've had less staff on the news desk in the past year or two than has been ideal. And I think that our news coverage has suffered as a result. So I would like to get us back to a point where we are uh, constantly on the ground, uh, being able to break news for the campus and for the community. Um, and being able to break things first once in a while would be really awesome. I'd be really excited if we could do that. Um, and then additionally, looking at ways that we can help our staff branch out. Uh, I want to bolster 
I want to think about really concretely the reasons why people want to work on the Emerald. They want to get a diverse set of clips portfolio, you know, for their portfolio. And to that end, I think we should allow them to try different styles of journalism a bit more than they're given the chance to right now. So one thing I'm proposing is desk swaps for next year where people can actually cross over to different forms of journalism and try them out uh, for a week, say. So uh, if an ANC writer wants to try their hand at like a podcast or something, uh, I want to give them the freedom to do that. I also want to give them the freedom to pursue topics that they're passionate about. That's why I would give everyone um, the opportunity to pursue a passion project uh, in terms of an overarching topic they feel isn't getting covered, that they want to do more research on, that they can carry with them throughout the year. Um, so experimenting with longer form journalism projects, uh, experimenting with different types of multimedia projects. Um, and then, you know, one of our former managing editors used to have this philosophy that, uh, he would not let seniors on the Emerald graduate without having job interviews or jobs lined up. And I think, uh, providing more opportunities for those sort of career building uh, workshops, opportunities, et cetera, uh, would be really amazing. Uh, because the reality is no one on the Emerald's paid enough, right? You're not paid enough. I'm not paid enough. And that's just the reality of working in student media. But that also means we're competing with other publications that actually do pay their people <laughs> a good bit more than we do. So um, what do you do to appeal to folks and make sure they know that not only are they providing a valuable public service, but uh, they're also getting some benefit out of devoting their time to us. Uh, that's what I'd like to see. Um, so that was a very long-winded way of saying I have a lot of different ideas, um, but I hope that's somewhat clear. I I'm of the mind that it is better to try a great many different things and fail than to focus on a few specific ideas um, to limited success. I think throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks uh, has historically been my philosophy when it comes to journalism, and it's something I want to pursue as EIC wholeheartedly. Uh, that said, that means I need to have, you know, a really great team of people behind me, and I, I'm really excited for hiring to start and to uh, get a sense of what other people's ideas and interests are, because um, I may be the EIC, but I'm not the only one leading the show, you know. I think at all levels, I want people to be passionate about what they're doing, excited about trying new ideas, and bringing a spirit of, of camaraderie and, and shared participation to the Emerald. So anyway, big, long answer, but I hope that's a bit clear. All right, Evan, we've been talking a lot about the newsroom and how things that you want to change. Um, I guess... For the Emerald specifically, what are some things that you're looking forward to doing as the EIC? Or what are some things that you feel are in a really good place right now with the Emerald? Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad I get that question because I it feels like the entire time I've been applying and, and figuring out EIC, I've had to think about, yeah, what do I what do I what would I change about the Emerald? What would I not? But um, I think there's a lot of things that we're doing really well. Uh, I've been really thrilled to see the giant push for multimedia we've made this year. I think it's evident in the talent that uh, podcast, video, photo, et cetera, is producing. Um, we have 
The bad part about working in student media is that no one's paid enough. The great part about working in student media is that if you have people who work here, even though you're not paid enough, uh, you know they're probably passionate about what they're doing. And I think we have an incredibly passionate and committed staff of folks with a lot of ideas that I'm super stoked to get to work with. Um, I am not a, <laughs> I am not a hard ass, I guess you could say. I am very much a, I like to be as approachable as I possibly can. And I like to make sure that the workplaces I'm in are very collaborative. And I'm excited to get the chance to do that with a bunch of different people. Um, getting to know some of the Emerald alumni over the past year has I'm not going to say I have imposter syndrome, but I definitely do realize that I have very big shoes to fill. I I, I walk in very cavernous footsteps, really. Um, and there's been a lot of talented people who've, who've done the work at the Emerald over the years, and I'm just really stoked that and honored uh, to be named among them. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited and nervous, and I have... I think a healthy mix of both, but more than anything, I'm just really eager to get started on the work, um, engage with our community, and uh, produce some really high quality journalism. So, yeah, I I, I feel the same way. Hell yeah. um, obviously, in a different context. Yeah. But yeah, um, let's talk about you for a hot minute <laughs> and put you personally in the hot seat. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about after the Emerald, um, what are your plans for the future? Or like, what would your dream job be in five years? You, you, you've kind of touched on it a yeah. little bit, but. I am, I have a very specific niche interest in election data and election reporting. Um, as I think I mentioned earlier, um, I read election analysis, like whenever, every two years when like a big election cycle comes up and stuff like that. Um, I do like, and I'm really a, a nerd about this. It's, it's quite bad. I do, you know, maps in my spare time and things like that. And I've learned like, uh, GIS and stuff like that, just to be able to do that. One of the interesting consequences of all the political division in this country has been bizarrely college, but, um, much higher political engagement than we've had ever in modern times. Like voter turnout across the board is at all time highs. Youth voter turnout is at all time highs. People are angry and that means people are engaged. And I think that provides a really large opening for uh, journalism like that, that's data driven, uh, that's rooted in um, engaging with audiences and engaging with that palpable anger. Um, and that would be, that's the dream, you know, to be honest. I have been passionate about it for a while, and I think it is a really nice kind of combination of both my passion for journalism and my very wonky interest in uh, political data, so. Nice. That's, that's good to hear. Um, I guess outside of the Emerald, outside of journalism, outside of election analysis <laughs> um like what's something about you that you feel like is important for people to know about you yeah thank you i appreciate that question um well i'm a coda uh or uh i always 
I like to advertise that because I think it says a lot about my personality. Uh, for those who don't know, CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Uh, basically, I was I was raised as a hearing child with by two deaf parents, um, learning both English and American Sign Language at the, at the same time. And you might have seen the, the the movie called CODA by by Apple. It won a bunch of Oscars. I I don't like that movie. Um, but if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's a very unique experience and a unique position to be in because you do sort of grow up in two very different worlds. Uh, so I think a lot of the reason for my kind of loud, very talkative personality is I like to joke it's because no one ever told me to shut up as a kid, but it's also because I have had a passion for communication from a very early age because so often I witness the consequences of uh, people not being communicated to. Uh, I've had to interpret for a lot of my life. I've um, been privileged to do so, to be clear. But um, it is a, a huge part of my identity that I do carry with me. I think it's a very unique experience that's given me a lot to chew on when it comes to uh, representing folks whose voices aren't often heard, uh, speaking uh, to communities that are kind of on the edge uh, when it comes to marginalization and uh, isolation from maybe more uh, communities more talked about in the mainstream. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, it's had a huge impact on me for sure. So, you know, uh, learn ASL if you're looking for a language to do at U of O. We have a great uh, ASL program here. And um, especially if, traditional language learning is not something you're super interested in or, or passionate about. Um, sign language is very different and it's very cool. So uh, yeah, shout out mom and dad. Well, is there anything else you want to add? Anything that we haven't really touched on? I guess what I'll say to folks who are listening to this specifically, because I don't know who is going to be listening to this, but if you're listening to this specifically because you think, oh, this guy's my boss next year, I want to know like what that's going to be like. Um, or you're just interested to know what goes on at the Emerald, why you should apply. Um, there's very few opportunities to engage with your community as much as student media. Um, it's tough and it's especially tough when you're trying to navigate taking however many credits and trying to get a degree and trying to figure out how to be a functioning adult, which spoiler alert, no one has, uh, you know, that I can think of that I know on the Emerald or outside of it. Um, it's an incredible way to meet people who are really passionate about these types of things I've been talking about. Um, like I said, I have big shoes to fill, not just from the EICs before me, but from the other people on this staff who I get to work with. Um, I'm excited. I'm privileged to be in this position and I'm just ready to get started. So yeah, thank you for, for having me on, Amy. Yeah. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, Evan. Um, thank you, Emerald listeners, for tuning in. Um, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.